They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 14 of Soul Food titled Diseases of the Heart. So in this episode we're going to cover the three main diseases of the heart which are ostentation and we'll talk about its cure, arrogance and its cure, and envy and its cure. The way that we deal with these diseases in order to purify our hearts. So Al-Habib Ali bin Hassan Al-Attas in his book Al-Atiyatul Haniyyah, The Blissful Gift, he then goes into a counsel about the most critical and core diseases of the heart. So he says you must refrain from ostentation, which in Arabic is called riya, and we'll talk about what that is shortly. Arrogance, kibr, vanity, ujub, having an evil opinion of people, Envy, hasad, and satanic whispers. These are truly devilish character traits. So he's identifying these character traits that we have to be very careful of and that stem from the nafs and stem from the wasawas shaytaniyah, from satanic whispers. And the three primary diseases of the heart, which we're going to focus on, are those first three, the ostentation, arrogance, and envy. And we have to treat them so that the heart can be sound. As we've said many times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that only a person will benefit who comes to Allah with a sound heart. إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ So the scholars also say that every other disease of the heart stems from these three. So if a person is able to focus on the primary diseases of the heart, then insha'Allah ta'ala, they'll be able to rid themselves of other diseases of the heart as well. So then Al-Habib Ali bin Hassan Al-Attas, he talks about ostentation, riya. He says, as for riya, ostentation, it is that you perform an action for the sake of creation. And this is undoubtedly polytheism, shirk. This is a minor shirk. So this means that if a person engages in an act of worship, but in that act of worship, they're doing it because they want a place in the hearts of other people, or they're doing it to impress other people. And this is minor shirk. This isn't the type of shirk that takes a person out of Islam, but it's still a grave sin. And it really is sort of the opposite of sincerity. When you do something solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking his good pleasure, seeking his noble countenance, his reward subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do we treat this? How are we able to engage in these actions without doing it for the sake of other people and wanting a place in their hearts or wanting to impress them? The author says, It is sufficient foolishness to associate with Allah those who cannot benefit nor harm. That it is foolish 
And it is a great degree of foolishness to associate with Allah those who cannot benefit nor harm. And that's really, in reality, all of creation. One of the truths of our belief is that لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. There's no power nor ability except by Allah. Everything in creation is powerless except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us. And then with that being said, we know that we are not able to secure benefit for ourselves nor absolutely ward off harm. And the author says, in fact, if other people were to know that you were doing this action for them, you would lose their respect. So those people that a person might want to impress, they can't even help themselves. So what is impressing them going to do? They can't do anything for you in reality because they're not even able to fully help themselves. So we recognize that we're all in need of Allah and we're all weak. Now we give people the proper respect that they deserve and we recognize that there are people who can help us in a variety of ways, but we don't do things for them. We do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on the day of resurrection, we're all going to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in absolute need. And then the second way to cure it is realizing that if they knew that you were doing it for them, you would lose their respect. You wouldn't even gain their respect, but rather you would lose their respect. Because naturally, they would realize, why are you doing it for me? I have nothing to give you. I cannot benefit you. And at the end of the day, everyone on the day of resurrection, except the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, is going to be saying, nafsi, nafsi. They're going to all be concerned about themselves. We're all going to be concerned about our own selves. So doing it for them doesn't gain you their respect. And then secondly, they cannot benefit nor harm in and of themselves. So then a person realizes that this should be solely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who grants benefit. He is the one who wards off harm subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that brings us to the next point about arrogance and its cure. The author says, as for arrogance, what prevents you from falling into it is by reflecting on your origin, your current state, and what you are headed towards. So we have to reflect upon our origin, that we're humble beings. Even in the way that Allah created us, there it should be an aspect when we reflect on that that makes us feel humbled. And we're going to look at a quote from the author shortly where he really drives that home in a very straightforward way. But we're made from dust. We're always in a state of need. Even when we were born into this world, we didn't have any clothing. We were completely helpless. And then our current state is very much still the same. And, you know, really this recent pandemic has really made us realize that we're not in control of things as much as we thought we were. And something small and invisible can change our entire way of life. So we're always in a state of need. We always need Allah's help. We always need His support. So when we realize those things, that we came from humble beginnings, and that we're always in a state of need, and ultimately our lives will end, then you're able to say, what am I arrogant about? 
What is there to be arrogant about? And the author, Al-Habib Ali bin Hassan al-Atas, he says, Was not your beginning from a lowly fluid? And within you now, you carry waste matter? And your ultimate end is as an unclean corpse? So we started from a very humble beginning. And even in the current moment, we're carrying within our stomach and within our bodies things that are unclean. And we wouldn't want other people to know about or to see and so forth. And in those moments, it's a very vulnerable moment when we have to respond to the call of nature. But that also reminds us to be humble. And then the ultimate end is that we will die and that that corpse immediately will start to give off a smell and will start to decompose. So reflecting on this allows you to really take arrogance out of your heart and to be humble before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be humble in every situation. And then finally, envy and its cure. So he says, as for vanity and envy, these are two character traits of Iblis, of the devil. May Allah curse him and curse whoever follows him by taking on these traits. This is the author's words. When his nafs started to appeal to him, he became proud and ungrateful. He said, I am better than him. Then when he witnessed what Allah blessed Adam with, السلام, he became enraged and he began to envy him. And what was the result of that? This only brought him expulsion and distance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then he started to become, when you link it back to arrogance and then arrogance brings vanity and then vanity makes a person think that they're better than others which then sets them up to become envious you start to see how these diseases of the heart are interrelated and interconnected so iblis the devil when allah created adam and told iblis to bow down out of respect he said i'm better than him what has he done you know i've done all of these things and i've worshipped you and this is just a new creation I'm better than him. I shouldn't be respecting him. He should be showing respect to me. But once again, we have to go back to the humble beginnings, the reality of our state, our neediness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we realize we're not better than anyone else. And without Allah's complete mercy and his complete assistance, we have nothing. But then he thought that he had something on his own. So he said, I'm better than him. Then Allah, the exalted, he chose to give Adam السلام, a special distinction. And then the devil became even more enraged and envious. So this is where envy comes in, is that a person thinks they're better than others. And then they see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives that person something that they don't have. And then they become angry and envious. And the way that we deal with that is knowing that Allah gives to whomever He wills. And you don't have a say in that. You and I, we have no voice. We have no part of the conversation or the of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will. That's not for us to speak about. And when Iblis did that, the result for him was that he was expelled from the garden and distanced from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the author says, and as for Adam, he obtained nearness and divine selection. Understand this and you will be safe and prosperous. 
do not dislike anyone Allah chooses from his creation to bless with his bounty. So Adam السلام, even though he ended up eating from the fruit, he was humble before Allah and he repented. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him nearness and he was chosen as a prophet. So you have to be content with how Allah distributes his gifts. And when you have that contentment, then you will benefit. And you don't oppose Allah in his will. And in addition to that, when you're happy with the good things that Allah gives other people, Allah opens doors of blessings for you. Instead of, you know, imagine a person, بالله, may Allah protect us, someone who's angry when other people are blessed. It's as if that person is saying, oh Allah, you shouldn't give whatever is yours to give in the first place, but you did it in a way that's incorrect. We seek refuge in Allah from that. But that's really what envy is. But rather, if a person is happy, says, MashaAllah, Allah bless this person with wealth. MashaAllah, Allah bless this person with marriage. Allah bless this other person with a good job or getting into a good school or a nice car, whatever it may be. That a person is happy with that, then Allah will open doors of blessing for that person. And then you also have to realize that Allah's bounty is endless. So just because he gave to someone else doesn't mean that something was taken away from you. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a limitation on the good things that he can give people. No, that's not the case. Allah can give endlessly. His bounty and his treasure troves have no limit. So if he gives to someone else and you're happy with that, then it opens doors of blessing and it doesn't mean that you can't be given the same thing or that you missed out because someone else got something. And when we have that opinion, then we have a much more accurate understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way that we interact with Allah through our hearts and through our internal states is more pleasing to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that brings us to the call to action. The call to action is focus on realizing that Allah alone is the one who can secure your benefit or ward off harm from you. Think about that. Think about it deeply and come to that realization. Because when you come to that realization that He is the one who benefits you, He is the one who protects you, then this will help you only focus on Him and that will save you from many of the other diseases of the heart. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us sound hearts. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify our hearts from these lowly qualities and to adorn us with sincerity and to adorn us with humility and to beautify us with wanting good for other people and happiness in the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives our brothers and sisters in faith and our brothers and sisters in humanity. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these days of Ramadan to give us the best of what he gives his beloved servants and to gaze upon us with mercy. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.